Hey, welcome to another edition of Across the County. I'm Noah. Thank you for joining me fresh off vacation. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, back at it and ready to go with a uh, hard-hitting short interview. One of my favorite people, Rick Elkin. Go to rickelkin.com, turnrightatlost.com. Check out the blog there. He is the unabashed super spreader of Americanism, something we need a heck of a lot more of in today's media, which is uh, seeming to go in the other direction. You can read his op-eds in the Escondido Times Advocate. He's author of various books, including two that I think are pretty influential in today's day and age, Turn Right at Lost, and also one of my favorites as well, The Illusion of Knowledge. Again, rickelkin.com. And today's theme, we're having a lot of themed chats with our most recent discussions. It's going to be about child abuse and also its lack of coverage in the mainstream media. And we're going to tie it to a couple of articles that actually involve the vaccine a little bit later on. But first of all, let's welcome Rick Elkin to the show. Hey, Rick, thanks for coming on, my friend. Well, thank you for having me, Noah. I always enjoy talking with you and your audience, and uh, let's go to it. Let's do this. So the floor is yours for the next several minutes. I'll jump in a little bit uh, later on to tie this to a couple of headlines, which are disturbing. But let's talk about something that you and I have recently discussed off the air, which is you hear sometimes in the mainstream media about the abuse of children, but then it kind of goes away and is not really focused on. And that is a travesty. The children are the future. We have very, very big hearts for the kids, myself and you included. Why do you think this is an issue and how deep is it going in today's day and age with the child abuse in our society? No, I think and this is a philosophical issue, and um, you know, there's not a lot of data to support my thinking, I guess you could say, but um, in my gut, I feel that the reason we have this um, underground culture and sometimes above-ground um, appearances of child abuse is because my generation, and I'm talking about me, I'm a baby boomer, and subsequent generations have begun to think of children as a commodity, almost like a pet. Um, that, you know, people kind of brag about their kids, you know, like, oh, yeah, my kid just graduated from Harvard, you know, whoopee, and all that stuff. And I don't mean that to suggest that people shouldn't be proud of their kids and shouldn't you know, brag to their friends and their neighbors about their children. All that, that's love. You know, we all love our children. But I do think there's an uh, underlying um, attitude that a lot of people have about children that they're um, they're a problem, that they get in the way. They're, they're just um, baggage that we have to carry around. And you see it in the media. Uh, you see a lot of these celebrities talking about, you know, I don't, I don't think I'll ever have kids. You know, I just don't have room for them in my life. Um, or we see these rich celebrities who have kids, but they don't live with them. They have nannies that take care of them. They send them off to private schools. They're pretty much absent from their lives. And so I use these examples because they're extreme, but I don't think they're that exceptional. I think the problem we have with my millennial generation and subsequent generations is that we've become preoccupied with entertainment, with self uh, self. Um, you know, indulgence um, and uh, climbing the corporate ladder and have all these things that we're distracted by. And children are another distraction. 
And so they've become somewhat of a commodity. It's really easy for us to drop them off at school at 8 o'clock in the morning where they get breakfast, lunch, and a snack. And then they go to after-school class, and they don't come home till 5.30 that night. They're pretty much full-time employees of the school. Uh, and it could be private or even public schools are doing all that now. Um, and, and then as they grow older, you know, we want them to be in all these organizational sports and after-school activities. And so our relationship with our kids is limited to, and I would say rarely even the dinner table, something after that. And then, of course, the kids are preoccupied with their cell phones, with the Internet, with this and that and the other. So we have this sort of uh, ships passing in the night relationship with our kids. And this leaves them, as I, I've just finished a new book, and in that book I describe them as uh, they're like uh, astronauts without a tether. They're out there in space. It's a big, dark open place it's the real world and they don't have a tether they don't really have anything tying them to reality they don't have much of a relationship with their parents some of them don't even have a relationship with their you know their, their brothers and sisters um and if they have any kind of relationship with, at all it's often in school sports um you know outside activities well that makes them really vulnerable to people adults generally, who prey on vulnerable children. And they do it in a sexual way. They do it in um, you know, manipulative ways. And they, they get something out of that. And then the children think that they're getting something out of it, too, like they're getting mentoring or they're getting relationship or whatever. So it's the perfect Petri dish for abuse. And that's why it is so rampant now, because we put our kids in that position and then we've essentially abandoned them and let them go on their own. And I don't know if you, when you talk to people about their teenage and pre-teenage kids, they, they constantly brag about, you know, I can't believe how fast my kids are growing up. You know, it's amazing how they can make decisions for themselves. I think they could even vote. Well, you know, the Democrats are pushing to drop the voting age to 16 or even lower. Now, what does that tell you? I mean, they either think that teenagers and pre-teenagers are super smart, or they think the vote is not that important. <laughs> but the point is, is that, that that's insane, because we all know, science tells us, a human child takes a long time to mature. The brain is super complicated, and it takes a long time to mature. And while it's maturing, it's very vulnerable to outside influences. And so this is, I think, an explanation of why you see celebrities in particular uh, uh, sort of outsized involvement with child abuse because children are attracted to them. It just makes it too easy for them. Children are attracted to them like, you know, flies to sugar. And, and so they have the opportunity much more so than in a regular population. And then when you look at um, some of the other situations with child trafficking, poverty plays a big part in that. Um, a lot of these kids, they don't have a family life, so they join a gang. And that becomes their family. Uh, or they join a sport, and that becomes their family. And then who in that group has access to them and has an outsized amount of influence on them can often take advantage of that and use them for human trafficking purposes, for all kinds of abuse, trafficking in drugs. The whole black market underground 
becomes available uh, with these young children. And, and that's what's, and I, Rick, and that's what's so disturbing, as you would think, with everything you just mentioned, which I agree with 100%, you would think that this would be something, unfortunately, because I wouldn't want it there, because I wish it would just all go away. But it is a reality of life, so this should be covered by the mainstream media, but it's not because of the reasons you also just mentioned. And it, you know, it, it's sad. It also just shows another reason why there's not real journalism being done out there in you know any of the mainstream networks that's why i'm glad we can have this chat and i'm about to tie it to more something current events that's really disturbing noah here and across the county rick elkin my guest go to rickelkin.com and that's a couple of articles that i came across today that my you know my first day back from vacation and i'm like well here it is again and you know i think kids are used as guinea pigs. They're also being used as tools, as pawns for part of certain political movements that go on within our society, especially of late. And it's disgusting. It's also, I think, child abuse as as well, Rick, on a different level. I opened the the newspaper today, uh, the UT, and there's an article front page, SD Unified Board votes to OK vaccine mandate. Staff, students, 16 and older must be inoculated by December 20th. And that makes me so mad because it's been proven, not 100%, but children don't get it and they don't give it. You go straight to the UNICEF website and you can find there if you go to, uh, what is it here? I wrote it down and now I can't find it. Well, of course not. But if you go to, I believe it's data.unicef.org, data.unicef.org, you can get a lot of the different numbers and 2.7 million COVID deaths. Of the 2.7 million COVID deaths, even if you believe that number, 0.3% occur in children and adolescents under the age of. 20. What the what, Rick? That is not cool. And, you know, and the American people are on board uh, with uh, with the science. I think the true science, because half of the U.S., you can go to Newsmax and see this. There's a poll. Half the U.S. not confident COVID vaccine suitable for kids. This madness has got to stop. This is child abuse. Well, you know, as you and I have discussed in the past, I don't believe this whole thing is a medical issue. I believe it's a control issue. Um, I don't think medical people would handle this kind of thing. Let's say we were talking about just a community and we had an outbreak of some, you know, virus uh, within a community. They wouldn't handle it this way. Um, The only excuse for handling it this way is to impose a a massive amount of control on people. And if you can get the children to think the same way, then you've got the whole next generation already taken care of. They're already indoctrinated to accept these kind of control factors in their life. And, And I believe... And I've said this in, in all my books that our school system is essentially a weapon of mass destruction. It is there to do nothing more than to indoctrinate children into a certain mindset. And so now we're extrapolating this into the medical area and we're saying, well, we're all in this together. So we have to bring all the children on board and all employees of, you know, federal government and all the healthcare providers and all the, you know, all the different uh, union people and, and first responders, they all have to be vaccinated. Uh, and it's completely ignores 
the, the point that there's potentially long-term ramifications to sticking the stuff in your arm that's irreversible. And so if you have any empathy for children at all, they'd be the last ones that you would want to subject to this. If you want to give it to older people who are super vulnerable to the, uh, you know, the problems with COVID, well, that. You can make an argument for that. That's up for debate, and again, it, you know, it, it. It for me, it's that's a whole nother matter. Regardless of your stances yeah. on the vaccine, yes, those are the most vulnerable. So logically, that makes sense. These kids are yeah. the opposite. They are not vulnerable to this at all. Exactly. So all you're doing now is is beating, you know, you're bullying them. Uh, and, and I think this is so. You know what's going to happen is this is going to force more and more people to find other ways to educate their kids. So you're just going to see enrollment rates dropping. They already are. They're plummeting, and they're going to continue to plummet as people figure out new ways to educate their kids to get them out of these public and private school systems that are. You know, here's the thing: is most of these um, school boards and the people who make policy for all the schools. They all they all have one thing in common on their resume. They all came from groupthink universities, so they have already been through that system. They've already been indoctrinated to the whole uh, prescription of indoctrination and control and social control, and so for them, this is just the natural. You know, it's not logical. It's what they call science, which I I consider progressive scripture. And so this is what they do is they try to get everybody to do everything the same, put everybody in the same uniform, put everybody in the same, you know, medical status and everybody in the same gender. <laughs> I mean, they can't even accept differences in gender. So, so this is, we have to get our kids out of there. That's the only way we can deal with this is they've got to come home. They've got to figure out, we've got to figure out new ways to get them educated, whether that's on the internet or zoom classes, whatever it might be, little small groups of people in their community getting together and putting on school in their living room, whatever it might be, but we have to do this. I agree, Rick. And idea of making it a national um, educational process is a failure. It's a failure. And especially if the, if it's accurate and Newsmax has pretty credible, sources. If it is half of the U.S. that's not confident about these vaccine for kids, and you pull half of the kids that are in these schools out, and then these schools aren't getting the money, that's a game changer. If you're a parent, stand up for your kids. You don't want them to get these vaccines? Pull them out. Absolutely. And then, you know, this game changer idea is really important because it's something that we have to do with the election process, we have to do it with the medical process, we have to do it with our educational process, we have to change the game, and the only way we can do that is to change the financing of the game. Unfortunately, right now, we have this confiscatory policy of the, you know, Democrats, is they just take your money or they print money. And so if the colleges are going broke or the hospitals are going broke, well, that's okay, no problem, we'll just subsidize them. Okay, well, you can only do that for so long, and at some point, the economics comes back and bites you in the butt. And uh, we're going to see an economic collapse, I believe, and it's going to be built around these issues of health care, insurance, education, um, police, authorities, you know, these, the fact that cops are quitting, truck drivers are quitting. Look at what's going on with the food supply and all the products that are parked offshore all over the east and west coasts. There's nobody there to unload them. I just saw that earlier yeah. today. That, it, that That's a very yeah. scary thought. This is something we'll bring into a, an additional discussion. We're also, in our next discussion, we're going to talk more broadly about the vaccines and how uh, certain countries are dealing with that and bring a lot more logistics into the discussion. Unfortunately, we're out of time 
time. But I think I'm glad that we've touched on the uh, this child abuse issue, how these vaccines are being used as tools with these kids. It's not about health. Don't let them tell you it's about your kid's health. It's almost impossible, not 100%, almost impossible for your kids to get it or give it. Again, that stat from UNICEF, 0.3% of the COVID deaths so far, 2.7 million, if that's the accurate number of kids under the age of 20 have um, have died. And that's, you know, that's unbelievable. That is less than 1%. So, Rick, wrap yep. us up about uh, what we can do as parents to protect our kids more, to get these stories out more into the mainstream society, and then plug your book. About 60 seconds. Okay, well, I, number one thing is take them out of school, um, take them out of public schools, or at least uh, investigate and vet the schools that you put them into, attend the meetings, attend the classes, find out what's really going on in there, and then find an alternative, because for the most part, you're not going to approve it. I think that's number one. Uh, number two, you know, develop a relationship. One of the best things that ever happened in my family, and I really give a lot of credit to this, to, to how myself, my brother, and our relatives have, have all been brought up and that is have dinner together every night it's important for parents to sit down with their kids and have dinner together and discuss what went on in their lives let them know you care let them know you're there be there for them you need to be their lifeline to reality and if you do those two things i think you're off to a really good start And if there's something that's going on in your kid's life that is, you know, uh, nefarious and it needs to be brought to the attention of the public, take it to your local radio station, uh, even here, even here at The Answer. Take it to the, the mainstream media. This is the stuff that needs to get out there. And unless the parents stand up for the kids, nobody else is going to do it. Absolutely right. Rick, I hear you're working on a new book. Uh, Can you give us a little bit of a taste? What's the theme? What's the name? I haven't finished. I haven't decided on the name yet. Uh, I'm working on that. It's in editing right now, so I don't have to decide that until that process is done. But basically, um, the theme of the book is the nuclear family, You know what we're just talking about, how important it is for families to establish relationships with their kids, give them an opportunity to grow and develop another family. And, and it, when we abandon the nuclear family, and we really have, um, statistically um, and fundamentally, we've been teaching against the nuclear family, considering it a vestige of white privilege, all this BS uh, that we have to restore the the, um, the presence and, and uh, the reliability of the nuclear family as the foundation of mankind. So this is really the theme that I have. And, and there, you know, there's a few other the cultural things that we're going through in that book. That's kind of how I write them, kind of all over the place, all that stuff. But ultimately, this is what I'm trying to convey is how important it is for us to reject this idea that there's something wrong with the nuclear family. This is under undermining civilization. It's undermining civilization. That's why we talk about it here. These and other issues on the radio show with Rick Elkin. Go to rickelkin.com. Turn right at last.com. The blog there. He is the unabashed super spreader of Americanism. And that's why we love him. Rick, thanks for taking the time, my friend. Thank you, Noah. Appreciate it very much. Noah here and across the county. Stay tuned. There's more coming up.